少年ジャンプス Shit. Welcome back to Shonen Chumps, the only anime podcast on the gosh darn internet that features the three of us. As always, I'm Brennan. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. <laughs> and if you didn't know what we do here, we watch anime and then we hang out. And talk about it. Uh, this week's episode is Samurai Champloo. Yeah, strong like an edge of a samurai sword, the mental blade cut through flesh and bone. No more minds at peace, the world out of order. So, if you couldn't tell uh, at this point um, by our audio recording sounding slightly different, uh, this is our first ever remote podcast our first ever remote chumps session um and as you can probably guess it's because of the uh weird and scary disease situation going on in the world we are all sequestered in our individual homes and hope you guys are uh also safe and well and uh doing good out there and keeping your chin up uh it's been a weird time and uh a tumultuous time for us uh, individually and as a group, which is why we haven't really had too much time to record a podcast, but hopefully with this new setup, uh, we'll be able to get some more episodes out there to you because um, we've watched a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just want to also give a little bit of an update on myself. Uh, you know, our regular listeners probably... You guys know me as the bad boy of the group, um, <laughs> and uh, you know my 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 habit of living fast has caught up to me a little bit. Uh, back in January, I got into a car accident and uh, I broke my arm, so uh, that's part of why we haven't been able to record uh, for the last little while. It actually precedes the COVID stuff, and uh, so we've just been watching anime but we haven't been able to get all together because we actually live kind of far apart from each other and usually I'm able to drive out to Brennan's house but right now I'm not able to drive uh, but now everyone's joined me in this self-isolation because that's kind of what I've been doing uh, and we, yeah like I said we've all been watching a lot of anime so we're gonna have a few episodes for you and hopefully can provide you some entertainment and make staying inside not so bad. Well, yeah, this is probably the most amount of anime we watch that we've just been sitting on waiting to record. So that's exciting, I guess. Sorry, we should probably specify that although Dylan is a bad boy, he didn't break his arm in like a street race or anything. <laughs> I don't want the audience's picture of Dylan to be like colored in a weird light. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I kind yeah, of wanted them to was... think I was a, like that could have been the option, uh, but Gee. no, it, 
I was uh, I was driving on the highway and I got rear-ended uh, pretty bad. So, yeah, came as quite a shock. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it could have easily been street racing as well. You know, that's uh, yeah. that's something I also do. <laughs> Knowing on the side. our boy, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you drive a Nissan Sentra, you just know that this kind of thing is going to happen to you at some point. You know, yeah, you know? exactly. You, you drive a fast, luxurious car. You know, you're <laughs> you take the bad with the good to take risks. I mean, what is a highway if not a long street? And what is a commute if not a race? The whole world is Dylan's drag strip. And if you think otherwise, you're wrong, buddy. Yeah, if you have an issue, you can come find me in my house and we'll talk it over. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that I'm not that bad. We'll still talk. It, it, I'm not going to fight you or anything, but <laughs> also I'm, I'm down an arm, so... <laughs> Boys, this is uh this is a little bit of a bummer. It's uh it's it doesn't feel good looking at these empty chairs that you guys usually sit in, but I mean, I guess we'll make do, right? Yeah, we got to do our best. Yep, we're going to have to. I want you to know that I still gestured at your seats violently when I <laughs> let in with the the intro violently. That I usually do. Brendan beats us before every podcast to make sure that we uh <laughs> we are on our best behavior. <laughs> Dylan, don't let them know the real reason why your arm is broken. <laughs> Someone's got to keep this train on the rails. Oh, Anyways. Uh, okay, so we... where are we at with the system? Is this the part where I say how to reach us? That we're at yeah, shonenchumps yeah, so. at gmail.com? Do that. Do yeah. that. Shonenchumps at gmail.com or tweeted us at shonenchumps, uh, etc. And you can listen to us on Apple iTunes podcasts or uh, Spotify uh Google Play, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube, etc. All the places you need us to be, we are, except for Title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jay Z's never bit. let that one go. But. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So, um, what do we do? What do we usually do? Uh, explain the show in one sentence first, or uh, what did you know about the show before we started? What are you feeling uh, I, I today, Sean? What did What did you know? But yeah, what did you feel? Dealer's choice. Okay, Dylan says, what do you feel? Okay, let's go with what do you feel. Guys, one sentence. Who usually goes first, Dylan? Yeah, I think I think me. Uh, I'll just say that this was ultra, ultra cool. Period. Nice. Brennan? Hmm, I feel like I had a sentence in mind beforehand, but it's escaping me now. I'm just going to say... This was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had the pleasure of laying my eyeballs on. Oh my god. Oh, holy shit. Um damn, I really didn't have a sentence prepared, which is weird because this is my question. <laughs> but um I guess I can probably distill it down to this one thought. Uh I didn't know that I liked the series until like 11 episodes in. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know what? I I get why you're saying that because I had I had a similar reaction uh, to be honest. Probably not as extreme as you, but yes, uh, I do get that. Damn, yeah. that's wild. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so what did you guys know about the series before we started watching it? I guess I'll start. Uh, all I knew was that one of my friends about like five years ago had recommended it to me because it had really cool music and the action was cool, and. Um, I knew that it was made by the guy who made uh, Cowboy Bebop. That's pretty much it. 
Yeah, I think that actually is pretty much covers exactly what I knew too. Those exact things. Nice. Um, for me, I definitely heard about this series a lot um, when I was younger. Actually, like when when I was in high school, I remember uh, people. Well, not people, more like person <laughs> talking about uh, how cool this show was and like recommending it to me. And I guess that kind of checks out because it would have been like a year or two old at the time because I was in high school in like 2007, 2008 or something. So, yeah, that's when I first heard about it. But yeah, like later on developing better anime taste, um, yeah, heard it was by... Uh, Shinichiro Watanabe or like directed by him uh, but I didn't know much more than that I think actually in the past I might have watched like the first episode and I was like I'll come back to this and I just never came back to it hmm. oh shit man now, this Sean, remoting I'm... in the podcast oh sorry we're both talking over each other classic no, remoting in podcast thing <laughs> I was gonna say the fact that we have to remote in the podcast means that we can't be quick and witty because I would have interrupted Brennan to say that he had a two-year high school career. Because he said he was only in there from 2007 to 2008. <laughs> yeah. No, I meant like around that time is when I heard about it. But yeah, uh, sorry for the uh, the the lag on our jokes, listeners. Yeah. That means or Brennan eight. is either really smart or really dumb for being in high school <laughs> that short of a time. Sorry, Dylan, you were about to say something. And I cut you yeah, off to make uh, that joke. Right. Okay. Yeah. No. So what I was going to say was um, I wanted to ask you more about how you didn't know that you liked it until 11 episodes in because because uh, like I, I had a similar experience. And uh, so I'm a bit curious to hear you expand on that. Sure. Um, okay. So from my experience, like and I think I still believe this having gotten through all 26 episodes, I think that all the characters are just and I don't want to compare the show to Cowboy Bebop this entire podcast but they're just like worse Cowboy Bebop characters I still do believe that um but like I didn't realize that any one of the characters were was interesting to any extent until episode 11 when Jin or Jean however you want to say his name uh falls in love with that prostitute in a very slumdog millionaire type situation um, cause Jean was like the most useless character to me, like for the first 10 episodes. But then finally, once like you realize that he's interesting, I guess everybody else becomes more interesting alongside him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think initially I also, I had a similar feeling, um, where I'm not exactly sure kind of when I really started to love the show, but during the first few episodes, it was a kind of like, I liked it. It was very pretty and uh, like the action was cool, but I was just kind of plugging along. Uh, but yeah, kind of along the way is I just started to really, really like it. Now, it's funny because the first time I ever tried to watch Cowboy Bebop, uh, I stopped after nine episodes because I wasn't really getting into it too much. And later on when I revisited it and finished it, it became it's like kind of like one of the best animes or maybe the best anime I've ever seen. Um, so it's funny to me that I had a similar experience with Samurai Champloo where it took a long time for it to win me over. But in the end, uh, I really liked it. I thought like the direction was pretty, 
pretty cool. Like, I, I really like the kind of choices that were made, like using the like the hip hop soundtrack and kind of um, the, uh, the like the anachronistic kind of story, just kind of like messing with details and like having the characters like kind of interact with like historical events and kind of not like Vincent Van Gogh right. was mentioned at one point, you know, like certain things and like the Americans coming to trade with uh, the Japanese. So interesting things yeah. like that. I thought were really cool, cool decisions. Yeah, like, I, I definitely get where you guys are coming from, but for me, it was, like, almost, it was very different for me, I guess. I I was sold almost immediately. I mean, I guess it's partially due to my taste in general. Like, I, I'm, like, a big samurai fan. Like, if you just put anything to do with samurais in front of me, I'm already a little bit interested so I was sold on like the locale and whatever, but um, dude, that the first episode, it starts off with such a bang and there's so much like good action. It's just so visually delicious that I'm already like, okay, this is high quality. Like this is anime with a capital A. So I'm just going to sit back and like not judge it too severely yet. And I'm just going to let it ramp up. And to be honest, like, I, I definitely get what Sean was saying when he said uh, that the characters kind of come off as worse Cowboy Bebop characters. But, like, where where I see it kind of differently is, like, it's, there's obviously going to be some overlap because of the whole, like, the fact that it's, like, cowboys and samurai, it's kind of this whole air of like being a kind of lonely drifter badass type of character and uh there's only so many directions you can take that without being too far out of the genre like when you compare like i don't know like old samurai cinema and like spaghetti westerns and stuff there is a lot of crossover in um certain character attitudes and and i and i get that but i felt like they were diverse enough that I didn't make that comparison right away. Like maybe later on in the series, I was like, Oh, like there are some sort of existential themes, kind of the way samurai or sorry, uh, cowboy bebop went about it, but I didn't necessarily find them overlapping enough that I would make a direct comparison between one and the other. But like, obviously there are so many, um characteristics of Watanabe's like like direction and like just how the narrative ends up playing out that like it it is hard not to make those comparisons but yeah it didn't really bother me and yeah I was I was pretty sold from the beginning to be honest but yeah yeah I think that that's a good point to bring up uh just it's like when you watch a Quentin Tarantino movie or a Wes Anderson movie, like, you know, it's them, like, it's their, it's their style, like, their yeah. auteurs. And I think uh, that is, that can also be said for Watanabe, pretty much. Like, it's, it's, it's very apparent that this is being made by the same person. And I think because of that, because their, their style is so distinct, it, it does lead to the, the comparison of, uh, to Cowboy Bebop. And, 
I yeah, I was really trying not to, but I I did find that I that I was at times, and I I know I can definitely say like I didn't enjoy this as much as Cowboy Bebop, and I did. I mean, Cowboy Bebop was also deeper, I think, in terms of of the characters. Oh, I found these characters like a sure. little more flat, um, and we didn't get. I wish we got more on their backstories, uh, the way we did with Cowboy Bebop. But yeah, so it it, it was kind of hard not to uh, compare them. Yeah, this whole experience felt a lot more laid back than Cowboy Bebop. It's mm-hmm. it's almost like existentialism light, but uh, at the same time, I don't want to say that um, like this series doesn't have its own merits when it starts talking about like deeper themes and stuff. It it does mm-hmm. kind of like feel at moments like it's only skimming the surface, but I feel like the way it executes on some of that stuff is is just very subtle and i like that subtlety like with with um cowboy bebop like we did get a lot of like backstory although it was like fractured and given to us in in snippets we did learn a lot more about these characters so we got more attached to them and this was a bit more you know scattershot but i kind of like that in a way cuz i wouldn't want it to be the same thing you know yeah you right. know you're right i think that like, I definitely do like this show by the end of it. Like, yeah, I thought it was really good. But I think that the director um, keeps using the same formula throughout his career. I guess that any, like, director or auteur would. But for this director, it's two diminishing returns every time he reuses the formula. It seems like he just picks um, a setting and a music type and mashes them together in a way that <laughs> you think you'll find interesting. Like jazz and space cowboys or um which one is this like lo-fi hip-hop yeah and samurais and then in space dandy wasn't it disco in space like i have space dandy is the one that i haven't (laughs) seen uh and then there's carol and tuesday which i think is probably the low point of his career even though everybody loves that show um uh, that's like that's like two like pop bedroom lo-fi singers in like a kind of futuristic setting like yeah it, it's definitely futuristic but not too far off um yeah i think he's he just kind of keeps reusing the formula like this show has very similar structure to cowboy bebop where you have your main cast of three to four characters or i guess edward joins really late in cowboy bebop or pretty late so it kind of is three characters for a long time mm-hmm. you just have those like three character foundation and then he throws in a fourth character like hey what if there was a gay European dude who can eat a lot. And how do you guys react to that guy? Oh, but how do you guys react to an artist who's like trying to get smuggled out of the country or, or this, like he kind of just like fucks with the formula by like throwing a fourth person in, in every episode, kind of like a monster right. of the week, but they're not a monster. They're like on your side. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it is very kind of like a new adventure every week. Um, and I, I don't necessarily uh, dislike that. Now, actually, after what kind of also what Brendan was saying, it did make me think like, yeah, maybe I don't want this to be as like deep as Cowboy Bebop. Because, I mean, you guys might remember, I binged Cowboy Bebop, and that was really hard to do <laughs> because it was like yeah. depressing and really dense. And like it was just like it was just really hard. Whereas uh, Samurai Shampoo is a lot lighter, uh, and it, right. so it like it didn't feel as bad watching a bunch of episodes in a row. So it was that kind of like light lighter material that's I think more fun. 
uh, for, for sure. the most part. Yeah, and every- uh, like some of the fighting and the action sequences were pretty amazing. Oh, without a doubt, man. And yeah, that's the thing. It's like every it's like Cowboy Bebop had that same sort of episodic thing where it was like a different scenario every episode. But the thing is, it always boiled down to misery. Like it always got so heavy, which is, yeah, why it was so hard to watch like back to back to back to back. Like you really had to space it out. But um, I got to say with with Samurai Champloo, I was really like looking forward to each new episode. In fact, to the point where whenever there was like a two-parter, like as soon as the episode started and you got the title and it was like something, something part one, I'd be a little disappointed because I was like, oh, fuck. Like now they're not, now the next episode's not going to be like a whole new thing because I was really like really sold on just the sheer variety of uh, like hijinks and just shenanigans that they can get these characters up to and still make it like either meaningful or funny or like have a bit more character development. Um, like I, I really enjoyed that whole aspect. Yeah, actually the other kind of good thing uh, with this is that I think setting matters a lot more in this show than it does in Cowboy Bebop. And given that it's set in the past and during the Edo era, like I don't, I mean, like we said, it, it kind of interacts with, with history in kind of a different way. Like some things are, just kind of, you know, adapted or whatever, or like changed or didn't actually happen. But it was really cool kind of getting snapshots of Japan throughout the series and like different parts, like following their travels. And like, they did make a note to say kind of like what city they're in now. And like, often there was right, the yeah. narrator at the beginning kind of saying like, oh, now we find our heroes in like here or whatever. And like, sometimes I would look up, I would actually, one time I think I actually looked up where they started on Google Maps right, and yeah. where they were going. Because yeah. I was like, how long is this walk? And it turns out very long. <laughs> very yeah, long they is travel, the like, All the way west, right? Like yeah. all the way down to the bottom of Japan. Yeah, exactly. Because I was just like curious to see kind of how long it would take. And then when I think a couple times when they said like, oh, we they stopped in this city. Like I was just kind of like seeing like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, so right. in that way, it was really it was really cool to see them interact, uh, yeah, with the with the setting and uh, visit different villages and encounter different characters. Right. I think this is the only time that the directors made a show that exists in the real world. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cowboy Bebop has Earth in it, but it's not <laughs> really Earth. And I think oh, with yeah. all those shows where he gets to like invent his own environment and invent his own setting, they use the the type of currency that's called Wulongs or whatever oh yeah (laughs) yeah like you see that carry over i think between cowboy bebop and carol and tuesday which is kind of interesting Um, it's like a shout out to himself but yeah it was interesting to see like real places i guess quote unquote real places being depicted in the show (laughs) yeah Yeah. right yeah because like they do take parts of history and and bend it a bit here and there Uh, how did you guys feel about being in the middle of a fight scene in the show and it just like doing a record scratch and just like rewinding <laughs> segments. I thought that was pretty <laughs> dumb, but I guess what they're getting at. Like, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I think um, initially it was a bit jarring. Uh, like the first time it happened or whatever. But then I kind of started to like it because it was the kind of style. I thought I think the, some of the first times they did it, it felt a little heavy handed. Uh, right. But then I thought it was a bit more subtle later on. 
or maybe I just got used to it. I'm not sure, but like I, I, I was like okay with it. I like, I like the risk. I like the risk they took. Honestly, like the first, I think one of the earliest times they did it, like I think they were like forwarding and rewinding over like a little, like a frame that showed a street and it like zoomed into the future and like you saw a bunch of people with like boom boxes and like yeah clothing and shit and then it zoomed all the way back and people are in like kimonos and stuff i just i thought that was really cool actually. yeah i actually i remember that that i think that must have been in like the first episode i loved that that was super yeah. cool i mean like during the fights i was like i don't know how i, I don't remember how i initially reacted to it but like in hindsight I don't think it was that bad. It was just like like it was cutting between different like it was it was between Jin and Mugen who were encountering different people of the same family in that first episode, right? Yeah. Um cuz it was like the governor's son or whatever and then the governor shaking down like a local and then they were both in separate fights with the same people essentially. And I, like I don't know, it I feel like it's it is a little heavy-handed, obviously, but I think just to sell the shtick, it's a cool way to cut between um, two characters who are essentially doing the same thing anyways. Yeah, actually, in that first episode, I thought, well, initially, I thought that they were all, they already knew each other. Like, I thought they had, like, split up to do something. So, like, I thought they were, like, both going after that gang, but then, obviously, then they meet each other and then they fight. Right, um, yeah. Another thing, like, about that, scene at the very beginning where they're like about to be executed is like they set up like from the get-go like you can tell just by like their character designs that they have like Jin and Mugen have very different personalities but like the place where they do kind of uh coalesce in their beliefs is that they're not willing to bow to someone who uh like doesn't deserve the power that they have uh, right. And both yeah, kind they of... both kind of have like, uh, like thoughts on like kind of like what's honorable. Like they both, yeah, have, like, exactly. A high opinion of that, yeah. They both like brothels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> like they're both Ronin for the same reason. Yeah, that's an interesting point to bring up. It's like both these characters coming from opposite ends, but like meeting in the middle of like, I guess what they define to be like a samurai, because Jean is like really precise and he has a lot of poise. But Mugen is yeah. just like a wild card and he taught himself everything he knows and he's just like a like a hoodlum. <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah. guess like that's that's what makes both of them interesting. Cause like if if the if the show didn't have like if the show didn't have Mugen or the show didn't have Gene, then the other would become very uninteresting. But they're they're foils for each other, and like that's what makes the that's what gives the show its dynamic. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you guys watch it in, uh, in English or in Japanese? Uh, I watched it in Japanese. And I watched it in English, which is weird because the voice of Spike in Cowboy right. Bebop is the voice of Mugen. Yeah. No, actually? Yeah, okay, yeah, I was gonna, wow. that's why I wanted to bring up. So, that was really funny because, Mike Mugen looks quite a bit like Spike anyway. Right, with the like hair. Like, with the, the big <laughs> hair. And he's got some characteristics of, of Spike. Uh, kind of being like a little more relaxed and kind of just like does things. Um, yeah, the devil may care attitude. Yeah, exactly. And then so give the fact that Stephen Bloom uh, does the voice, it was like, wow, this is Spike. Um, yeah. at, at, but then at, we realized um, it was not Spike. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like almost not at all. Well, yeah, because he's not measured the way Spike is. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It'll that makes it even harder to not draw a comparison between the two shows. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I had a friend at work who had already seen the show, and he asked me like, "Oh, which which of the guys I like more, like Spike or Gene, and or Spike or Gene? Geez, Mugen or Gene?" And like immediately, I, it was like I'm more drawn to Mugen just because he was familiar, like the voice and the appearance. Um. Damn. And that was, I guess, that was early on before their kind of characters were fleshed out. Because I, I do think Sean's right. Probably around episode 11 and onward is where the, the characters are actually a little more fleshed out and more interesting. Mm-hmm. Because episode 11 is the one kind of, yeah, like Sean said, where Jean falls in love with that prostitute. And then episode 13 and 14 are a bit on uh, on Mugen's past where he, he meets that old like pirate gang that he the used pirates. to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so we get a bit more of him on there. The second episode, I I, I just want to say the end of the I, I didn't really take many notes, but the the first time I took notes was in episode fourteen, which is the second part of this story. And music is just like the star at the end. There's like this crazy big drum roll when Mugen kills the dude who's an oh, accomplice to uh, yes, like that girl. Yeah, and it's so sick. It's like this, this crazy drum roll happens, and he kills him, and then he just keeps walking. And I'm like, "Damn, dude, I am hooked." Dude, that kill shot was amazing too. Like, fuck, they put like twenty frames into like point one seconds. Yeah, of, of swordplay. It was yeah, that was like ridiculous. Um, Wait, so what happened there? She was just like gaming everybody around her to try to find her way out of the situation. Is that what dude, happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think her brother was like abusive or whatever or some shit. It yeah. was, it was your your typical revolver ocelot triple cross, uh, right. and she was trying to come out on top in that situation at the expense of everyone, uh, Mugen and her brother included. But like, yeah, that's the thing. Her brother was, uh abusive and controlling and not i think was trying to sell her off to that guy that accomplice guy yeah yeah but then then she was like i guess she privately went to the accomplice yeah yeah i really liked in that like group of episodes how mugen killed that dude yeah along like the shore but then gene like goes out of his way and like kills like like brutally kills two other guys right like (laughs) that also kind of part of it i liked how they just took care of everybody in that episode it was pretty awesome Um, yeah it was cool and it does kind of also like it did lend itself to kind of showing how they have started to grow to care for each other a bit more because when they think mugen is dead like gene does get pretty upset right yeah and yeah it's like he kind of loses his composure a bit and then when he eventually meets mugen afterwards and is like oh i killed that guy because i thought he killed you it's like oh shit they kind of care huh interesting even if they are going to mask it by being like, I was the one who was supposed to kill him or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely played back that scene of Jin killing that girl's brother because like that was also very beautifully animated. I don't yeah. really remember it, but I remember playing it back two or three times because it was sick. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, yeah also yeah the music was crazy in that scene um there are i feel like there was like a couple episodes before um episode 11 that definitely stood out 
to me. Um, I think one of them was the the one where Mugen fights the heretic swordsman or the guy who has um, sword knowledge from China and he comes back and is challenging people and just killing dojo leaders because he can, essentially. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, mostly because it sounds like a plot line from Blade of the Immortal, which is essentially... It, it does have that plot line in it where um, it's it's about like the the sort of formality around Japanese swordsmanship and the fact that this guy found like a way to become stronger, but that was his downfall essentially because no one accepted him and everyone thought he was like a heretic for using a sword style that was completely different. And, like, the only person who's actually a match for him is someone with an unconventional sword style, which is Mugen. Right. I, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Um, yeah, and, like, the whole... The fact that up until that point you saw Mugen being, like, this crazy brash dude who, like, is way too OP for literally anybody who he's fighting... Um, and like up until now, he's just like sliced and diced through all these people, like like no problem. He finally hits a wall, and it's like, oh, there's a challenge here. And then that's reflected in Fu and Jin, who are like they're staying. Like I think at the time they're all staying at this guy's like former master's, um, yeah, like a temple. I think. Yeah, that's right. And um, and yeah, and like they're all like actually worried for him. And, like, I think when Mugen goes to fight him, Jin is like, don't forget, I'm supposed to kill you or whatever. And, yeah, that was pretty interesting uh, character development at that point, too. How did that one end again? Uh, Mugen wins. I think he just he just owns the guy. He, like, stabs him with, like... Oh, yeah, um, Mugen, like, fakes something, right? He pretends to be, like, hurt or something, so then the guy gets close, and then he pulls out his little sword. Yeah, it's it's pretty, like like hectic of a sequence like it doesn't very clearly show the guy getting stabbed or anything but mugen does win that one yeah, yeah that that's like cool. the fight that's like it ends like under a bridge kind of right that's the yeah one. yeah yeah it ends under a bridge right yeah, yeah. actually that that reminds yeah. me well i mean just now that we're going back i also i just remembered the uh the ep- episode nine is yeah. is like kind of showcases like the goofy side of of this show where like because everyone gets high at the end on it's like... the weed episode yeah <laughs> yeah right and it's like that was the one day where everyone was able to pass through the checkpoint like no no problem right yeah uh, what's yeah, weird about that is that it's that one it's like the only episode that's told from the future i think like 30 years in the future some guy's telling oh, the story yeah like, yeah as an old, man, an old man he's like, yeah that was cool because yeah, they yeah. like they burn the crops of the mast cult and like the crops are all just weed yeah and, and then it doesn't isn't it like an orgy like everybody's having sex or did i imagine uh, that part maybe <laughs> i think i think there was something oh yeah every i i remember like i don't know everyone being naked or something like that yes because i wrote but down it, uh Everybody gets high and the military all fuck each other in an orgy instead of killing Jean and Fu. <laughs> yeah. So unless like I imagine that, I don't know. <laughs> I know like when they found Mugen, like he's like arm in arm with like all of those warrior monks or whatever, and they're all like 
dancing and sitting on the ground and rolling around and shit. Um, (laughs) but like, I remember something about an orgy, but I don't know if I just projected that. Right. Yeah. Maybe I I projected it. I mean, if you guys both projected it, it probably did happen. I guess everyone was just unless you guys watched it together at an orgy. I feel like whoever wrote that episode <laughs> like has definitely never smoked weed and just listened to like four Jimi Hendrix albums as research. That's really funny that you said that like they've never smoked weed and they've just listened to Jimi Hendrix because my note, uh, my first note for episode 15 is there's a long rap by the narrator. Has this guy never heard a rap before? <laughs> because it's just like this rap about like the guys on their journey. And it is just like he has like the voice actor they got has like no flow. I was like, what right. is what is happening? Why is this the rap? And then my only note for episode 16 is, man, they really should have hired some not white guys to do the rapping. <laughs> uh, which one was that? Was that wait, episode 16? Episode 16, it's because uh, they're, it's like when they're like walking through the forest and like these three guys walk by them and they're rapping oh, about this like yeah. ghoul in the woods. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Um, and I was like, wow, these guys have no flow also. It was it was a lot more <laughs> believable in Japanese. I was just like, yeah, okay, 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 sure. Fair enough. Um, episode 15 uh, has some amazing fight sequences. And oh my God. A couple yeah. months ago, maybe like uh, maybe like a month or a half ago. Oh no, probably more than that. Probably like two months ago. Yeah. Uh, Brennan and I saw each other and we had both, I think, just finished it. Yeah, and we were right. at a party, <laughs> and we were both like, "Dude, how crazy was episode 15? Usually, we try to not talk about the podcast or not talk about any anime we're watching until we start recording. Right, uh, but yeah. I guess Brennan and I both felt so strongly about it that we were both just like couldn't couldn't hold it in. We're just like, "Dude, that yeah, I guess wasn't. I guess we should go into specifics because that's the episode where." Gene goes and has sex with all of the ugly women at a brothel at once because he finds (laughs) gold in the river and he he hurts his back doing it. I have a note for episode 15 that says foo does nothing. So I'm just going to take that (laughs) at face value, which can pretty much be said about the entire series besides the final two episodes. Um, (laughs) uh, Honestly, episode 15 might be like my favorite episode of the series just because it's so much fun and it's so yeah. well paced from front to back. Like the minute, like I think it opens on the dude being chased by a bunch of ninja and then he chucks his bag of money into a river. Right. And then the next day they're fishing or Jin's fishing and like Mugen and Fu are just like making fun of the fact that he sucks. And then he just leaps into the river and just comes back with a pile of money. And then the first thing that, Fu does is like like eat a bunch and then there's like a running bit where every time Fu eats she just inflates yeah right um and I fucking love that and like the fact that um they got in trouble or like I think the authorities are like looking for them or something and they find Fu but like they can't recognize her at all because they're like have you seen this like tiny lady with a flying squirrel oh definitely not or whatever 
Yeah, um, and that's when that like the two guys they leave Fu to go to the brothel, and then yeah, Jean gets stuck with all the unattractive women. Breaks his back. Yeah. Too good. And then yeah, Mugen gets like jumped by his own prostitute. And an yeah, she's a ninja. ninja. Yeah, and he like helps her out with her mission or whatever, and then she just decides that there's that they're gonna get married like in the future. Oh yeah, he says that, that was... when they're splitting up at the end. Such yeah, a I, lo- I love that. Me too, yeah. man. It was yeah, a great it was episode. really cool. Like, well, f- first it was like she just kept promising to do like nasty stuff with him. Like she's right. just like, if but you he... help me, I'll. And then she just whispers in his ear, and Whisper. he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> And then he like Mugen just snaps and kills everyone in front of him. Yeah, when when they jumped all when they jump all the way down into that like hole, right? The and mine. then they just like kill all the people in the basement and uh, the uh, mine. Oh my god, dude! That's like th- those fighting sequences were incredible. It was so good because like she's on his shoulders the entire time. Yeah, yeah it's which is sick. it's amazing. It's just beautiful to look at. How did you guys feel about the characters using modern slang just all the time? Like what kind of slang? Oh no, like especially um Mugen. I don't I guess I don't have examples of the slang, but they definitely didn't talk like people would talk back then. Oh, sure, yeah. That, We're just I mean, like that makes sense. chill and r- relaxed with like how they speak. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I guess like that was part of like just like the stylistic choice and I I mean I was okay with it. I kind of I think it's kind of like part of the feeling of the show. I think it wouldn't have, it wouldn't make sense to have like this kind of like hip hop score and these kind of like visuals where, you know, like there's like a record scratch and you, you jump back and forth. Like it wouldn't make sense to do all that and still have like formal dialogue. Yeah. Like that's not really something I encountered in the, in the sub rather, because I mean, like it's, it's very obvious that Mugen's, Japanese is not the most formal like he's speaking like he's really shooting from the hip when he speaks like he's like not using slang per se but like they didn't necessarily in in the subtitles they they sort of made him a bit more vulgar I feel like like what he was actually saying and what they decided to put in the subtitles were maybe like amplified a little bit to sell the fact that he's um a bit less cultured than Jin or even foo for that matter um but like i thought it was it was enough that you could tell the like the distinctions in their personalities but it it wasn't like overbearing or anything yeah how did you feel sean because you brought it up oh no yeah i think i i said all i need to say like yeah it was just interesting to see like i was not expecting that from the show i guess like it doesn't really make sense with like Fu and Jean, but like with Mugen, yeah, like speaking in like modern, like relaxed slang makes sense. And while you guys were talking, I was thinking about like the whole hip hop aspect of the show and how like that only really makes sense because of the weirdness that Mugen brings along. Like if I was watching a show with Jin and um and Fu, I'd, and there was hip hop music, I'd be like, what? What is this? This is weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, Mugen kind of carries those aspects in with him. Yeah, it really, yeah, wouldn't, he's it like, really wouldn't feel right. I guess he's like the soul of the show. As much as I don't really like his character, like, I don't really know. I don't think I like any of the characters in the show. Just like, <laughs> I guess I'm speaking on a personal level. Like, I guess, yeah. 
like they're fine characters or whatever um yeah yeah it's like interesting because like with cowboy bebop i think i love all the characters like i yeah. truly love right. them i don't just like them <laughs> yeah i i guess i'd agree with that like even though i think that this show is like as i said kind of it's, it's like ultra cool to me like it doesn't it definitely doesn't elicit the same emotional uh response from from uh from it and i don't yeah i don't i don't feel as strongly uh about the characters um right. i guess the characters are more like it's just like a means to an end for this like really interesting story right right or just um, like no, I don't know what it is. It's just like a like a like a chill feeling. Like even I think even um, we didn't really talk about like the intro music. Uh, I never skipped that once. Like I relish listening neither. to that opening track. Like it really brings you into the like into the story and like it really sets the mood nicely. And uh, it's just like such a like a fun like like low key chill track. And I think that that is really kind of what the show is going for as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Um, like on that note, it's like I, I I definitely see what you guys are getting at. Um, like yeah, every character in Cowboy Bebop had like a sense of depth that um, you don't really see here. But I feel like what this show does to make up for that is like remember how you guys mentioned like the character of the week like all of those randoms that just kind of show up along the journey um mm -hmm. i feel like the interactions with those characters are kind of enough in certain ways to kind of like highlight um the deeper aspects of our main trio uh that we don't really get to see because not every episode is the heaviest thing but like for example um like I think it was yeah it was it was the the one with those three rapping dudes on with with the ghost and whatever and that that guy who's just like wandering the woods like looking for revenge or whatever because his whole village and family got burned to the ground yeah um but like the way Mugen interacts with him like I because they initially start fighting and then there's a point where um he's up in a tree and then him and Mugen are talking and like he kind of gives Mugen the rundown on his life and his story. And then like you get like this little bit of insight from Mugen that you don't usually see because he's usually so flippant about everything where he kind of like, he says to the guy like, Oh, sounds to me like you've been dead a long time. And the guy's kind of like, huh? Yeah, I guess you're right. And like, I thought that was a pretty cool moment. Cause like you can, you see more stuff about, like Mugen and his sort of capacity to understand I guess like other people's trauma because he's been through similar shit like he didn't really have anything and he's seen all that fucked up shit on the island that he grew up on and like his interactions with authority and like seeing how like initially he was charged with a crime that like it wasn't really his idea it was that pirate guy's idea but he still got put in front of a firing squad for it and then this guy's telling him his story about how the government more or less came in and like swept the village to get rid of a disease or something. Um, and like, I don't know, it's just like moments like that that are cool and you can kind of get more of the like the the depth and complexity behind these characters. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I also, mean, that that's very that is the kind of the same approach as that Cowboy Bebop took. 
right? More or yeah. less, right? But you kind of see them on these adventures and then you see kind of, you get to learn more about them uh, kind of through their actions with other people. Mind you, there are specific storylines that end up telling more of their back background than just like a new person they meet. They actually interact with characters from their past. But yeah, you are right. right about that. I think like these characters do have depth, but we don't get we don't get to learn that much about them, or or maybe that's what it is. Like we don't yeah. get to learn as much about them as you do about the characters in in Cowboy Bebop. And yeah, for maybe sure. that's like sure. kind of like I said. I, I feel like it's probably not the intention for that because I think this show is trying to be like something different. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think in Cowboy Bebop, a lot of it is character-focused. Like, this show is really about the characters, and you're kind of distracted by the adventures they're going on. Whereas Samurai Champloo is... It's more really about the adventure that they're going on, and the characters are kind of a distraction from that. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, like, kind of the opposite. Even though, like, all the similarities are tricking us into thinking that they're supposed to be similar, I guess they're not that similar, or at least not 100%. Yeah. But they've got the same bones, which is tricky. Right, yeah. 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 Now, uh, besides our three main characters, I would say the next most character that we see is probably Sarah, the blind woman. Or the next most character who's like, I guess, kind of fleshed out. Right. Would that yeah. be would you be would, would that would you guys agree with that? Like is that Yeah, I definitely. guess that makes sense. She's like the video game boss that's fighting for her son, right? <laughs> yeah the video game boss it's so yeah, funny it's that you like, say that you don't defeat her you just like teach her a moral lesson and then she like gives up and she's like uh now you can pass right. okay yeah oh yeah. Well, i i took that much more literally because like i don't know i like very recently i played a video game that some of you may be aware of called sekiro shadows die twice and uh, it's set in feudal Japan. And this character, Sarah, uses a spear with like three prongs. And there are a couple characters in that video game that fight exactly like that. So watching Mugen and Sarah fight was like, it's it's just a less edgy Sekiro. I was like, holy fuck, this is just a video game. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I liked her. It was... It it was interesting seeing how she interacted with each of them. Right, yeah. Like, Mugen kind of falls in love with her. Yeah, that was interesting. It's, like, it's because, like, she can't see, so she has, she relies on her other senses, or that's what, like, the show tries to kind of get across, and her impressions of each of these characters are, like, almost different from, like, the way we might see them, which is why she sees like the sensitive side of Mugen that she's attracted to. Yeah, but it's it's interesting. Like, I don't know. Is, is she a video game boss though? Because in the end, she's like someone who's being blackmailed, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, she... yeah, that kind of stuff but it's happens just the feeling, in video games as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 she, she definitely felt like a boss, like the boss before the final boss, which is kind of fitting because it was like, like relatively near the end of the series, right? Yeah, well, th that actually makes sense because the reason why that other guy, what's that guy's name? Kagatoki or something? Kagatoki. The God Hand? The Hand of God? Like the really good samurai or whatever? Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, him. Like the reason why he comes is because they're like, "Whoa, they beat Sarah." Like, I guess yeah. maybe there'll be a challenge for me. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I forgot about that. That that's his reason why he's just gardening in the meantime. Yeah, and yeah, that, that was, was like confusing for me because he was gardening around flowers, and I thought he was the sunflower man. Yeah, me too. Right. Actually, like initially, I was a little bit confused. I was like, "Oh." is this the person they're after? But then like, he's like, okay, I'll go kill these guys. And I'm like, oh, I guess not. And so like near the end of the series, when Fu gets on that boat by herself and goes towards the island where she thinks she's going to find her father, I thought like what her father's like already on the shore. He just doesn't want to be noticed or whatever. Or Fu doesn't recognize him because he's like 20 years older, 15 years older by now. And he's going to kill her two like best friends. Right. It was like, they they really sell that. Yeah, I thought that's what they wanted me to think. Maybe they did, or maybe it was just like sloppy, sloppiness. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think by the time he was on the shore, I think I knew that he wasn't the Sunflower Samurai, or I thought I didn't think he was anymore. But I wasn't right. sure if we were actually going to see a Sunflower Samurai. Like, I, I thought that that was going to be something that maybe we just like, you know, it's kind of left up in the air. Right. right. But actually, that reminds me, the the... I did find the plot a little bit confusing um, through this part. So, I mean, the first time we get a clue as to where the Sunflower Samurai is is when uh, Fu shows that that like that metal thing or whatever it is to the German dude, and he's like, "Oh, you want to go to like Nagasaki or whatever, right?" Yeah. And then there's that episode on those hidden Christians where it's like francis xavier's grandson but he's just a japanese guy with a fake nose oh yeah hilarious by the way they're like this nose (laughs) is not real (laughs) it's like wait a minute he's not european at all (laughs) oh god um but yeah like it was kind of confusing so there's like these secret christians in japan and the sunflower samurai was one of them but then i think they got attacked in a place so then they all had to like hide but, like, I didn't understand why the government doesn't want Fu to see her dad. Um. Well, the thing is, they were using Fu as, like, a means of finding him because he was right. a very oh, yeah. good samurai. Like, he was a very skilled fighter, and he was part of a resistance um, that the shogunate wanted to crush. I'm... Um, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So by following Fu, they found him, but he's already like dead at that point. Cause he was sick with an unrelated disease. Um, but like the whole reason he abandoned Fu and her mom was because he didn't want them to get swept up in all of the like anti-Christian uh, like witch hunting that was going on more or less but at the same time he wasn't willing to abandon his faith to kind of comply with like the societal standard so being left at odds like that i guess he just kind of dipped and was like all right see you later (laughs) yeah that's that's interesting like i i mean yeah what you said makes sense but I initially admit, I initially thought that they just didn't want her to find him. Like, I know at the end it definitely did seem like they were just, like, tailing her in order to find him and kill him. But I feel like there was points where, uh, like, Sarah or whatever was saying, like, you have to kill them before they reach him. 
Right, because I think what the government was afraid of, well, first of all, they know that Mugen and Jin are both very capable, and I think um, they regard them as a threat. So that's that's enough as it is, because I mean they're both technically wanted. Like Mugen and Jin are both technically criminals um, that the government are after in the to begin with. But like I think what they were scared of is like not knowing that um, Fu's dad was like bedridden. They thought, oh, if this guy joins this group, they're going to be like a serious problem. So we need to deal with them while they're scattered was okay. my understanding. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That Yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting though. Um I liked that trio of brothers uh that came after them at the end along with like the god hand samurai or whatever. They were cool. Yeah. It was oh, creepy. Yeah, those... That felt like a Tarantino movie or something. Like just an <laughs> old man in a wheelchair shooting you in the back. Oh my god! Yeah, honestly. Yeah. You know what? I was bugged by like the the guy in the wheelchair. I'm like, how did he get out of that house before it collapsed? Because remember, they're all in like that like ha- that like barn or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah. like it gets destroyed, and like Mugen and the other dude who can walk run out. I was like, how did that guy survive? I don't like this. Right. Um, <laughs> felt very Breaking Bad esque. With the um, yeah, the guy in the wheelchair yeah. delivering. Hector, I yeah, caught that yeah. energy too, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was a big fan of the scythe on a stick. That was cool as fuck. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The it was like an intensely f- formidable weapon. Yeah. It's <laughs> like Mugen is like this god amongst men on the battlefield, and then he's getting his fucking ass kicked because of this one weapon. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, who um, is no. this man wielding this weapon that's, like, that can go toe-to-toe with, like, the best samurai of all time? Who is this man? Who and are you? that was... And the brothers, they were the guys <laughs> from, like, the first episode, right? Like, the guys that got, like, attacked and burned up in, like, in uh, Fu's bar. No, but no, That's no, who no, those no. brothers were, right? No, they, they were on the ship that... Oh, they were on the ship, okay. That Yeah, yeah that Mugen and his pirate buddies initially attacked, uh, and then Mugen right. got in trouble for, and then he jumped off the cliff. Oh, okay, yes, got it. But then right. the pirates bailed on that, and they just kind of left Mugen to die. But before that happened, Mugen fucked a bunch of them up. Right, right. right. Okay, um, okay yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up, like how does show kind of just like dismisses women in general it's kind of weird or just oh, like for sure who is like captured yeah. so many times and they call attention to it as a joke sometimes but like it still happens anyways and there's like yeah there's almost no point to it it's like they don't do it to make anything interesting they just do it to like right. i guess inconvenience mugen sometimes <laughs> yeah um and it's or not like just true it's just like foo yeah yeah like all women except for that one blind one are just like defenseless and just like everybody's being raped constantly yeah i wish that they had made foo uh yeah more more useful because i did that that did bug me too like i wanted to see like something happen where she saves them or like she uses like her intelligence but they didn't really sidestep her a lot 
Yeah, and it's like it's kind of like she was stuck playing the funny man the entire time. Like she's always comic relief. Yeah. And like like I don't want to bring this up, but like Faye is useless, but in like a very funny way. It's like she's like clumsy and like dumb, but it's always like it always makes sense and it's always like kind of funny. And I always feel like bad for Faye for more than one reason. Yeah. Faye is and, definitely I mean, you more also charming. See Faye do things. Yeah. Like and take like, matters you know, into yeah. her own hand and like, I don't know, make yeah, make make certain decisions or whatever. And like not always like necessarily rely on the dudes. Like she goes off. Yeah, she'll like yeah. an end in them, and, yeah. And like, yeah, so I mean, so it was there. And, like, I don't know, this food didn't really have any kind of characteristics like that. And like, Faye can hold her own in a fight. Like, she she gets in a couple gunfights and, you know, gets out of some sticky situations on her own. But, um, yeah, Foo is kind of dependent on the guys the entire time. Which is why, like, every time they they split up, like, you know they're going to reconvene at the end of the episode or two episodes or whatever, but I was always kind of like, this is, like, why does this keep happening when f- it's so obvious that, like, they're making Fu to, out to be this person who's, like, like completely incapable of taking care of themselves? Yeah. It's very weird. It's, like, the only action she ever takes that means anything is when she flips the coin that has, like, two sides of heads at the beginning. Or whatever, right? Like, no, it's it. it just she just lies about the outcome. I think. Oh, is and it? She just doesn't. Sh- yeah. Oh yeah, she she okay, knew right, the entire yeah. time. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of, and I guess she saves them from the prison. Right. Or, like tries to. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right. I mean, uh, like, for, like as as much as that does ring true, like that's it's definitely. Um, like a point you can't really contest it's it's just like proofs in the pudding but um for what it's worth it's like i i was watching and reading like a bunch of stuff following finishing samurai champloo and just like people's takes on it and like um like kind of what the overall meaning was of this show and like what like watanabe was kind of going for and like something that i kept encountering was just sort of like the the show being very much about like the value of friendship and like not necessarily like despite all three characters being lost and completely purposeless in the end they split and go their separate ways but this time they've got um the like they know that they have friends now and they feel more complete as people so not to say that foo doesn't serve like any pr- like sure there's there's so many things where or so many times where she doesn't do something where she could have done something or like could have been written to do something cool uh but she does serve an important role in the way that uh she brings the group together like not to say that she acts as the glue but i feel like all three of them kind of bounce off of each other and walk away from the situation as more fulfilled people 
And I think if she wasn't in the equation, like if you cut Fu out of the equation and just put like Mugen and Jin on like a journey together for some different reason, I feel like it wouldn't feel the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, I, I think she is the glue. Um, and yeah, that, that is the, that is a good point. Kind of like the like the heart of the show and like and it kind of is with Fu and it kind of it does create the bond between these characters because you couldn't. You couldn't really have Mugen and um, and Jean bond organically without kind of Fu being there, and that's like part of the, I guess the point, right? Because like I mean, initially they just want to kill each other, and they only like set aside their differences because they owe Fei or Fei, Jesus, Fu, Fu. <laughs> well, you know what? That's Watanabe's fault. <laughs> you should yeah. name uh, but they One owe syllable. they owe Fu. Uh, for that and it's only because they're forced to not kill each other that they are able to become friends yeah no i I totally get that and it's interesting uh sorry but i just want to say like um it feels like the show doesn't want to have foo in that role but it like has to have foo in that role you know right that's fair that's fair oh i was just gonna say how did you guys feel about them all separating at the end and also, how did you feel about them not dying? Because it felt a little unbelievable. I thought they were both going to die and be succeeded by Fu. Yeah, I really dislike when shows, like, treat death so seriously and, like, everything's so grounded. I mean, like, some of the fight scenes weren't grounded, but, like, the <laughs> the people dying in the show were grounded. And when you die, you die. And when you're injured and you're, like, bleeding out, you're going to die. But then in the final episode, like that's all thrown out the window, and like no matter how he- how many like death blowing kills you <laughs> you have on you, like you're gonna survive, which is super weird. Um, them yeah. walking off into the sunset separately at the end, like I think, is intensely stupid, intensely dumb, and I hate when shows end like that. Uh, but it is more meaningful to the message that they're trying to send. Like, how do you say that people are better off with friendship in their lives? And that you'll be more content in your life even when you aren't with your friends than by having them go down a forked road that splits three ways. Like, obviously, the better ending to that show is to just stay with your friends and hang out together forever. But I guess they needed to sell the last, the final idea of the show in 60 seconds, and that's how you do it. Like, I don't know, because, like, I didn't necessarily, like, I wouldn't have necessarily gotten, or I, I wouldn't have necessarily not gotten that point if they weren't together at the end like i got that they were uh, they they separated but they kind of always have each other and their friendship kind of in their in their hearts or whatever but like i don't know i still would have like it didn't really make sense to me that they would split up at this point like i don't know what else have they got to do dude yeah it's the edo era bro you don't have responsibilities it's it's true i mean see there is it's it's just like yeah, there for first of all, I, I agree with Sean when it comes to like the stakes of dying kind of being taken away at the end there. Um because yeah, you do see it throughout the series, like when Mugen's fighting Sarah, for example, um he gets stabbed like real bad, if I remember correctly. Um the first time around. Like I'm he had like like bandages around his stomach. Um and I was like, oh fuck, like, so there's there's real stakes here. But 
at the end, I mean, first of all, I don't want to like under appreciate the moment where Jin comes back with his hair down and he's like flown in the wind and they have this fucking crazy duel, like this final stand. Like that was that was cool. I I enjoyed that moment, but I think some of that was like lost when uh, Jin decides to use like his suicide move that his master he has like a full flashback where his master's like don't use this move unless it's like your last resort because you will die if you use it and then he uses the move and he gets stabbed but then there's no there's no in between you know I mean like maybe it's just like a time thing like they didn't have enough time for him to be injured and then come back I mean like him and Mugen do wake up much later and then they're like, oh, you've been asleep for three weeks or whatever. But I don't know, like it did feel kind of easy that Jin was able to walk away from that. However, I feel like if they did both die at the end, it would be too much like Cowboy Bebop. And it it's not an ending that this show deserves. If If you know what I mean, like Cowboy Bebop had this huge buildup of like melancholy and misery up until the very end. And it's like, oh, these people can't escape their demons. They're going down with their demons kind of thing. But to have that happen here when it's been such a light, jolly ride this entire time feels almost unearned. So I'm glad that they like they, they made it out alive, but, um, I think the way they sort of address the entire existential element of this thing is the fact that like, you know, they didn't stick together. Like they still, they still dip. So there is like a, a tiny, like they dip their toes into the pool of sadness, but it's kind of like a happy sadness, which I was like, I was okay with. I didn't, I didn't despise the ending at all. I was like, yeah, this is, this is nice, but I don't know. That's my reasoning for it anyways. I guess yeah. it makes sense. And I guess it shows like, the lesson of the show is not just that like having friends is good, but also like the effect that friends have on you, even after they exit your life is interesting. Sure, yeah. Like somebody can be in your life for a brief period of time and still have a substantial impact just because they leave one day. Doesn't mean that like all the times you had with them were complete bullshit, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's a really good, that's a really good point. Um, and I, I, I do appreciate, um, that sentiment yeah i didn't i didn't like that gene used the move twice though like that like you will die move because then it makes it seem like he died once because he like falls into that water he uses it twice and, oh i thought he only used it on the on the hill oh okay he, because dylan i think he thinks because about in, it once in, but then he yeah because uh, on the dock on the dock he says i only have one move or whatever oh, yeah like yeah, it makes yeah. it seem like he uses that move because it makes it seem like he dies there and then they don't right, show him for right. like, but yeah, I guess he uses it twice. But yeah, I think I would have liked to have, maybe he just uses it once. Uh, but I think, think I remember I, what you're talking about. Like he thinks about the move twice. The first yeah, time that he thinks about it, he doesn't actually use it. He just does one of those classic like cross slashes with another samurai. Yeah, And then I yeah. guess pretends that he's dead and falls into the water. But when we but see him use the move. But do you think he pretends move, he's dead? Well, I figured he I must know. have actually gotten hurt. He got hit. Yeah, no, I, he got hit, but like, I guess maybe he falls into the water for show, or maybe the fall was legit. I don't know. He's a made-up character. Yeah, 
Because um. because <laughs> I thought I, I took the fall as it actually happened. Because like then because yeah. he then he lets uh this the dude the assassin get like a way like a really long head start because then the guy goes right. over is able to kill the sunflower samurai is then able to stock food to the top of a hill and then he shows up right. True. 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 Yeah. So true, I took yeah, it as he that just he used the move. Yeah, I, I thought he used the move twice, and yeah, just like I didn't like, like like it said, like it was like you will die if you use the move, but you'll kill your opponent, and then he doesn't die. I would have liked to have seen him more significantly injured, or like I would have seen like one, I would have liked to have seen one of them get trans like and take an injury that was permanent after right those battles, like whether it be Mugen or or Jean. It would have been sick if, like, Gene wakes up three weeks later and he's like, I can't digest food. <laughs> because, like, he just eliminated, like, his small intestine or something like that. Like, that'd right. be awesome. Um, but, yeah, no, just to reiterate, I guess he just uses that final, like, suicide move just the one time. Because it's, like, very specifically yeah, is when so. you turn around and stab yourself through the stomach. Very. Right. Um, oh, is that what Metal it is? Gear Solid you 4. stab yeah. yourself through the stomach? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that seems well, what like, it is, right? Wait, and then you get the guy behind himself, you. Right? No, I don't think wait, he stabbed himself. Was I think you just you just you just open yourself up to an attack. Yeah, and you will take a major oh. wound, but it'll also allow you to attack them. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's got, like leaving yourself stabbed unguarded. through the stomach. Right. Yeah. God that and man got through though, the back. Yeah, that I'm actually taking my memories from Metal Gear Solid Four and overlapping them with this. So he didn't stab himself, but it's like. I guess the same mentality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same yeah. same energy, same attitude. Kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah, letting yourself be hit. Um But yeah, I mean yeah. like that that kind of like friendship that idea and that the kind of thing that even when people exit your life they'll be a part of who you are is is good. So I I'll say I, I guess like that. The show needed that, I guess, difference from Cowboy Bebop, because Cowboy Bebop is like as dumb as it is because the characters are all young. And the oldest character, Jet, who's a retired old man, is 35 years old. Um, <laughs> as, as dumb as that is, how, like, everybody's at the end of their life and kind of just, like, chunking along until they fucking die or whatever. Um, everybody in this show is relatively young. Like, they're, like, what, 15, 17, and 19 or something like that? Or 15, oh, yeah. 17, they're, and 20? I don't know. Something like oh, that. Oh, are they that young? Like, I knew Fu was, like, 15, but I didn't know how old the other two were. Yeah, man, Gene, the, like, hardened soldier... It's like twenty or something. I don't know. Yeah, he's. Huh. I think he's in his early twenties, or he might just huh. be twenty. Yeah, something like that. So Good that's old anime. All I know. Young characters. <laughs> uh, uh, did you guys like the fact that Jin wears glasses? Um. Before I answer that, does he need his glasses? Because that was a no. little unclear. No, they said there's for show. Yeah. <laughs> and how come when he first takes off his glasses in the pawn shop, like his vision is blurry? Oh, true. Right. They do like a POV shot, don't they? Somebody tell me why. <laughs> wow. I guess he just called their bluff, dude. Like, yeah, unless we're all misremembering this somehow. I don't know. But that yeah, weird. No, you're right. No, they are it. just for show. But they, I mean, like, the thing is, they look like glasses that, like, Snoop Dogg would wear. Like, these tiny, thin little frames. <laughs> yeah. um, so true, man. It's like 2005 Ray-Ban aesthetic. It's probably the inspiration. I mean, honestly. Snoop Dogg? But, yeah. like, 
I did some research and glasses did exist in like the Edo era and like people did have them to different degrees, but they didn't look like that for sure. But I liked it. I was like, okay, cool, cool vibe. I dig it. Like um, glasses in general wouldn't have made Gene seem like a huge loser, but the type of glasses they put on him made him a much bigger loser than he needed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, it's worth saying the characters, the three main characters in this remind me of like the three main characters of Bleach. If you could have three main characters in Bleach, like oh my. the main, like Mugen being Ichigo, um, Ishida, which is like the bow and arrow guy in Bleach is kind of yes. like Jean. And I guess wow. like just for the fact that there's a female, you could either choose the black haired girl or the red haired girl in Bleach, who I forget the names oh, of no. entirely. Rukia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rukia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, those are very close character archetypes, <laughs> yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. It's almost as if the creator of Bleach is a hack. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, Bleach fans. It's coming back. It's back, baby. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I've never watched Bleach, uh, but I remember people yeah. talking about it. I'm pretty I sure might. the creator of Bleach is like a huge Radiohead fan. Oh, because <laughs> I first Ooh. heard of Radiohead just as a side note. I first heard of Radiohead because I really liked Bleach and Ishida, the bow and arrow guy on like the Bleach wiki or something. It said his character's theme song was Idiotech by Radiohead. And so Ooh, I wow. listened to Radiohead because of that. And wow. now the second <laughs> anime or like the next anime or manga made by the Bleach creator is called Burn the Witch. Oh, oh yeah. Which yeah. Is, I saw like a preview cool. for that. To me, that's just a huge Radiohead reference. I mean, obviously, right. yeah, I mean, it which was, was around before that, but yeah, I right. did not yeah, make yes. that connection at all. Yeah. Huh. Back okay. to the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, know if there's anything else I, don't know. I need to say. Oh, actually, wait, that reminds me in episode 23, the interpreter for the Americans, because everyone's just speaking whatever language you're watching the show in, like right. in the, in the, uh, in the dub, at least the American interpreter when talking to the Japanese people is just doing a generic Asian accent. <laughs> Oh my god. Which is great. Very yeah, yeah the Americans in the show yeah. are legit racist. Dude. I think they okay, use so... like, some fucked up terms. I kind of forgot. Oh, no. Probably. I was wondering how they tackled that in the dub because in, in the sub, it's like, it was pretty funny because you could tell that they definitely had like one native English speaker and like the rest were Japanese people trying to sound like racist Americans. So that came off pretty funny, but like, I don't know. I was just like, this is going to be such a shit show in the dub. Oh boy, I... was it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> Mugen, there's a six scene. It's all I have to note from that episode is Mugen throws this pitch really hard and cracks some guy's rib. Right. And it does like an x-ray vision shot where you see your rib <laughs> being cracked. It's like oh, some yeah. Mortal Kombat mortal shit. <laughs> yeah. I thought that cool. when I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. I also liked how just everyone died. Like there's body bags on the side um, yeah. of like the Japanese team. Like everybody dies one by one. Like the old man croaks first. It's like very over the top and very funny. Dude, that shit's awesome. Oh, I was just going to say there's also the episode that is like how the way Cowboy Bebop did the alien episode, there's like an episode where they're just like in a ghost world and then they just never pick up from that. 
Oh yeah. They go into okay, that you know what shaft? that was? Dude, what? I was so confused oh, by that trip, episode. Right? Yeah, they eat mushrooms at the beginning yeah. and I only made the connection much later. Oh really? I was like not sure initially, but then the fact that they didn't continue, I was like, oh, so it was just the mushroom trip then. Yeah, the thing right. is, I have a note in my notes for that episode, and at the end I wrote like, oh, I thought this whole episode was like a mushroom trip episode, which means that I don't think they explicitly say that it is the mushrooms that's causing this hallucination. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they like don't. They, they don't. pull the mushrooms out of the ground and they fall beneath the ground or something, something like that. Yeah. And then they're in this zombie land. Like, are we supposed to think that that zombie land is truly real and is has nothing to do with the mushrooms? I don't know. See, that's what I was I was wondering about too. Like init- uh, uh, uh in the end I kind of chalked it up to the mushrooms, but it is weird because it they do make it seem like it is this like kind of real world and at the end, yeah, it's not like it's revealed or anything. At the end it looks like the zombies are all going to kill their leader. And when the episode ends, I don't know if you guys watch the full ending credits, but the ending credits, the song gets detuned at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It gets, yeah. Really, like, it gets really freaky, and I was like, "Oh, so like it makes it seem like this, in fact, did happen." It just right, felt right. like a Halloween episode, man. Like I honestly, I was not a huge fan of that episode. Like there were some right. cool visuals in it. Um, like the fight scenes were cool, and like the the main leader guy had a really interesting design. Um, but yeah, for the most part, when that episode was done, I was like, "What?" Like that was such a weird tangent. I I was yeah. not feeling it. And it's then kind when of, I realized, it's equivalent yeah. to the Cowboy Bebop, like uh, the lunch episode where the lunch is left the in the fridge for thing? too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but that was exactly, good though. Yeah. That yeah, was like that a lot was really good. Better. <laughs> and this episode is side by side with the baseball episode, so both of them together, and they're both beside when shit goes down with the finale of the series. So it's almost like yeah. I guess the creators needed to kill time or they wanted to get the fun shit out of their system before they dealt with the heavy <laughs> shit. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it was way so. too much shenanigans for like that late in the series. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to go through my notes or I guess all our notes and see if there's any funny stuff that we picked up on. Like I can say like, I really yeah. liked at the end of the first episode when the credits say the end and then psych to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That was interesting. Oh yeah. That was good. Um, I, I really liked in the, in the graffiti episode at the end of that, like the, the turnaround that the two brothers were actually fighting over Momo, the flying squirrel and not Foo. Yeah. Wait, they were fighting over who? The squirrel. Oh, were they? Yeah, dude. (laughs) But they were talking to Foo like they were interested in her because the squirrel was just on her at all times. Yeah. Oh, I don't even think I realized that. Or maybe I just forgot. Very funny, man. Foo is treated like fucking D from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> nobody respects her, man. It's oh, funny, yeah, man. it's pretty rude. Um. Oh, at the in episode two, there's this funny scene. Maybe even my favorite funny scene from the entire series. It's when um Gene is in a hot spring with another guy, and the guy just turns to him and says something like, "Um, did you know that like." Sometimes male fireflies are attracted to other male fireflies. <laughs> and yeah. Gene just gets up and leaves. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty silly. It was so funny, man. Oh, God. That feels like, um, kind of like oh, a yeah. Seinfeld kind of thing. That does sound very Seinfeld, yeah. 
Or like in a Friends episode with Chandler, because Chandler is so afraid of being gay. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. In episode five, you meet that private detective guy who's constantly working out with his rubber sword because he's oh jiggling it, using it like Menzo a shake the weight. Saw. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a shake weight. <laughs> he's got the. He was the originator of the shake weight. Exactly. Oh God. What else? What else? Yeah, there's the weird Van Gogh sexy painting or whatever. <laughs> oh, dude. The funniest thing about that whole scenario is that this like hack artist who like no one respects in Japan like tries to make his way to Europe and then once he gets there he gets immediately deported but like much later down the line Van Gogh takes um inspiration from it and then this guy's seen as like the father of that style of Japanese painting or something yeah, it's very funny oh yeah he inspired Van Gogh's paintings of sunflowers is yeah. what I say I think um Another interesting thing is when in episode six, when they have that eating competition uh, with the Buddhist priest yep. or whatever, uh, there's a Buddhist priest who has a catchphrase to hell with vegetarianism. And I'm what? Like, Yo, fuck this guy. what I the hell is that? That came across <laughs> in the sub. Yeah, what the hell? That's super Did they funny. add that in the dub? How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess we never, this isn't a funny moment, but we never talked about that son who's like pickpocketing people to save his mother or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then I feel like that was one of the few like Cowboy Bebop style tragic ending of a very Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Like it it reminded me of a Waltz for Venus. Yes, exactly. That's the one. Um, Yeah. In episode eight, there's this guy beatboxing into the handle of his katana. And like, oh, what part of this makes sense? Microphones don't exist. I had the same (laughs) thought. I had the exact same thought. Also, that guy is very funny. Like the one who's walking around trying to find like Jin and challenge him to a duel, but uh, Jin doesn't have his glasses on at the time, I think. Oh, yeah. Is that the same yeah. guy? Uh, I think I, it's the same I guy. I think. But um, it's, it's the guy who tries to hit on Fu and then sends his buddy over to talk to her, and then like she rejects him, and then he crawls back really quick and tells him, and he looks all dejected, and he's got a right. big pompadour. Right. Yeah. Um, I think episodes 11 and 12 side by side were when I, when I really figured out I liked the show, mainly because episode 11 is the like prostitute episode with Gene where he like falls in love but like can't be with the woman or whatever. It's like kind of yeah. like dumb and cheesy but like kind of cool. Like I've seen that plot, that exact same plot in many other things. Like I said, Slumdog I... Millionaire. I mean, this was before yeah. <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire, but like, right. yeah. And then episode 11 is the one with the, it's the recap episode with the diary. Oh, sorry. That's episode 12 is the recap episode yeah. of the diary where like you're yeah. reading the the events from Fu's diary, but like she's put in notes in there because she expects the guys to be spying on it when she's away, which is Oh funny. yeah. It's like, yeah, by the way, cute. if you're reading this, you're an idiot or like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I really like that pair of episodes. It made me like solidify that I actually like the show. For sure. <laughs> I mean, like, again, going back to, like, Jin falling in love with that prostitute, yeah, it is, like, kind of a a played-out storyline, but to see Jin in that situation was very, very interesting to me. Because, like, up until that point, he's like, we don't see a lot of emotion from him, period. It's like, oh, like, I think at at some point, um, Mugen and Fu both, like, contemplate Jin's sexuality, but... Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting to see someone so stoic be like moved to the point of like near obsession where like the pillar of rationality in that 
like dynamic is being moved to the point of irrationality where he sticks his nose in people's business and like tries to set her free from her shitty husband and the people forcing her into that life it's interesting Um, that this anime like came before a lot of the stuff that i've seen that has the same formula but it did feel kind of weird (laughs) seeing it now and like it kind of felt samey even though i liked it a lot um like drive is like that exact formula the movie drive i mean it's not the exact she's not a prostitute but you know (laughs) in a in a shitty life situation silent man takes it upon himself to save woman from situation she might not need to be saved from yeah dude (laughs) that is exactly that i did not make that connection at all but like what's funny is in the background of this whole episode mugen's literally training a fucking dung beetle to fight oh yeah (laughs) oh my god so silly man um okay in episode 13 we see like the flashback of mugen and like the island where he came from which is just an island full of convicts so it's just australia right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess it's the australia of japan like (laughs) i'm pretty sure like okinawa is part of that group of islands that they mentioned okay um so yeah just like tropical uh what else what other notes do we have I like that episode 15 is called Bogus Booty. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I noticed that when the episode started. That's funny. Bogus Booty. Damn, that's a good name for a rap song. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. In episode 17, the episode ends with to be or not to be continued. Dude. Like, but or okay. not to be is in brackets. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like that ending was so beautiful i feel like the series could have been done there and i wouldn't have complained about it like that was the end of that arc with the ghost man who should have been dead or whatever but like when they all reconvene and walk into the sunrise mm-hmm. and that song uh by suchi is playing uh you it's just and they're they're like over the credits it's like cutting between um like that student's grave that um Jin had to kill and like the guy's like weird instrument that he left in the tree and it's they're all just the most beautiful painted backgrounds. Oh yeah, that's another thing to say is that this show's painted backgrounds are fucking gorgeous. They're just so delicious to look at. And like that whole credit sequence is just like back to back to back to back that shit and just wonderful music i was just like i was in awe man it's funny that you mentioned that episode 17 could have been an ending because it actually is the ending of like season two right so or sorry season one it is the ending of season one so like there was a kind of break in the broadcast uh of the show of, of like the initial show like that Episode 17 aired September 23rd, 2004, and uh, the first episode of season two, episode 18, aired January uh, uh, 22nd, 2005, so. Damn. So I I guess guess that that was a kind of very intentional kind of thing, yeah. Dude, I honestly felt like that ending was more emotional than the real ending. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was pretty, yeah, it was quite poignant, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But guys, let's not forget that in episode 18, Mugen learns how to read from a really mean right. That guy is so funny. I love that guy. 
Yeah, that was like a really kind of refreshing, like another, that was just a goofy episode in general, right? Because that's where it had the graffiti competition as well. Yep, that's the one. And his teacher's yeah, just like drunk all the time and just screaming. Yeah. It's like calling him an idiot. It's like, oh, do you want to be an idiot forever? Learn to read, you illiterate piece of shit. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's really funny that season two kind of starts with that episode, Mugen learning to read. And then the next episode is the hidden Christian thing where we get like the the, the St. Francis grandson who's actually just a Japanese guy. So right. season two starts off incredibly goofy. But then episode 20 is where we meet Sarah. And then like, then it gets very serious. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny the way they paced that. But I mean, it worked. Like, I, I, I thought it worked. I thought it was paced pretty well, overall. Yeah, yeah, I can't really argue with the overall pace. I mean, as, like, the whole show, like, the whole spirit of it feels very improvised. Like, it just feels like it's running by the seat of its pants, and I like that. Yeah, I could back that. Uh, the zombie people in episode 22, they're, like, they're looking for God, right? What a weird... <laughs> What a weird thing. Are they looking for God? I thought they were looking for like treasure or something. Yeah, but they're like talking about it as if it's God. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Right. It's a weird episode. I I very vaguely remember that, but also I was kind of tuning it out because I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, other than that, I guess I don't really have anything to add. Just a lot of cool battles. A lot of Jin kicking people's asses and shit. Yeah, yeah. Visually, this was stunning like absolutely stunning um and like I, I like the narrative and overall feel that they were trying to get across like i think at the end of the day yeah this is like one of the best things i've ever watched um i really like the vibe of the entire thing i feel like a lot of this was vibes uh and man were there some vibes yeah agreed yeah uh, definitely i vibes. agree with that yeah um yeah uh, that's crazy that it's like one of the best things that you think you've seen i'd say that of the anime we have on the docket to record podcasts on there was one that i liked better than this and like a lot better than this that's a tease right uh on that note uh maybe we should wrap this bad boy up sounds like a plan to me so we've been the shonen chumps we still are the shonen chumps we will always be the Shonen Chumps. Uh, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple iTunes <laughs> Podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, etc., etc., and email us at shonenchumps at gmail.com or shonenchumps on Twitter. Yeah, let Hell us yeah. know uh, how your uh, social distancing is going. Let us know what animes you're watching right now. And uh, let us know what you want to hear from us. Maybe we can try to work in some more. Yeah, because Lord knows we've got a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we want to do our part, provide entertainment for people who are staying inside. And why not? Why not Shonen Chumps? This is this is doing a lot for me, too. It's been it's been a lonely time and it's nice to hear uh, your voices and hang out and talk about anime with you, too. Yeah, Yeah, likewise. And uh, you we won't you won't have to wait long to hear us again. Uh, we will be recording very soon hell yeah we have a whole bunch of other anime that we've watched and stuff that we are currently watching um and yeah yeah again send us your suggestions uh let us know what we should be watching in the spring season we've already got some ideas for that 
which should yeah. be interesting. So keep your eyes on the Shonen Chumps. Eh? I got two things to say. Nice, Dylan. <laughs> uh, one of them is that one of the greatest anime of all time, Digimon Adventure, is getting rebooted next weekend. So, Oh, hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah. I mean, it's probably going to suck, but at least the original was great. I'm going to watch that shit. Wait, That's it's nice. being rebooted? Like the story's being retold? Yeah, Ty is back from the okay. beginning. The goggles, from, baby. Yeah, everything is back yes. from the beginning. Dude, I, the I mean, I'm probably just going to be watching it. It's fully rebooted, yeah. Oh my god. In characters, but again. I think <laughs> I heard down. you talk about this, but I thought it was just like a new thing. But if it's a reboot... It is happening again. Okay. There's trailers, man. It looks legit. It looks legit. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, if any of our other fans are saddened by a recent cancellation of an anime expo, leave a comment. Let us know, because I'm sad. In Toronto, we used to have this convention called Anime North, which is now canceled because of the state of the world. <laughs> yeah. And that sucks. It's a real bummer, but we'll get through it and everything will be good. Uh, keep washing your hands and take care of yourselves. Uh, we are sending our love to you. Oh, yeah. Peace out. See ya, Space Cowboy. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>